0: I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 69, Is Anything Too Hard for the Lord? Studying Genesis, Chapters 18 through 23. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a Come Follow Me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home. And I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home, too. Um, if you are watching the YouTube video. Yes, I am in my cat pajamas. They are the cat's pajamas. No, they don't belong to my cat. Yes. They have cats jumping over the moon in them. My mom got them for me in like seventh grade and I've kept them ever since. Um, yeah. Yep. The end. Okay. Um, let's talk about the many much chapters of Genesis that we're talking about today. Um, as I've said before, typically I try really hard not to spend a lot of time, um, just summarizing things that we've already read, but the old Testament covers a lot of stuff in each chapter. And then we're also reading a lot of chapters for each, like come follow me session. So, um, I will probably give you like a tidbit of like, this is what's going on. Um, maybe not every time, but just so you know, if, if you were like, wait, why is she talking about this? I thought she says she doesn't talk about this. Um, I do when it comes to the old Testament and we're reading like a gajillion chapters. Okay. So first I want to talk about Genesis chapters eight, chapter 18 verses, um, 11 through 19. And, um, this is where Sarah laughs and I just love this verse. Verses, because I feel like the Lord knows the desires of our hearts and he knows our doubts. Like he knows those. He knows, he knows, he gets the whole picture, right? Like, um, I remember somebody saying one time, and this may or may not be like scripture, but I remember somebody saying one time that God has access to us, our heart, like what's on our heart, what's on our mind. Um, like 100%, right? Like obviously he doesn't control us because he gave us agency. We can make whatever choices we want. Um, but he knows the full picture of what's going on. Um, uh, but Satan has access to us if we allow him access to us, right? Does that make sense? Um, he doesn't get all of it all the time if that makes any sense. Um <clears throat> anyway, so the Lord knows our hearts, he knows our doubts, but if we're willing to if there's a difference between he already knows versus us laying them down in front of him, if that makes sense. And I think it comes down to agency. It comes down to us choosing to show him um something he already knows, right? Like, this is one of those things where Heavenly Father has all these blessings for us, and he wants to bless us, and he knows how we need blessings, but part of us getting those blessings sometimes is also asking for those blessings, right? He knows we need them, we know we need them. Are we going to be humble enough to ask him for those blessings? Um, And I think this is really similar where if we lay it down before him, we own our desires, we own our doubts, and we lay it all down in front of him and say, listen, this is all of me. This is the clean, pristine parts, this is the messy, disturbing bits. <laughs> like here's all of me. I really, I, I, you know, I know that you're there. I, I'm a little concerned about this. I'm worried about that. What, you know, he will mess us in imme- mess us. He will bless us immeasurably. Um, I I don't know if you've ever seen that little like sign in Hobby Lobby that says bless this mess. I always thought that was kind of funny. All right still in chapter 18 verses 23 through 33. Um, this is God's going to destroy Sodom and Abraham's like, what if I can find 50 people? Okay. What about like 45? How about like 30? How about like 35? Uh, 30, 30, 25, 20, uh, 15, 10. How about 10? (laughs) Right. And he talks them down. I think he talks them down from like 50 people to 10 people. And the Lord, like God is on our side, right? And I think sometimes, and I've heard this before, that God's not the referee standing there waiting to give us a red card and throw us out of the game. If you understand soccer, I don't know what that is in football. They throw red flags in football. I think that they do. We're going to go watch the Super Bowl later today at my in-law's house and... I was supposed to study for Super Bowl bingo, not bingo, Jeopardy. And I totally, I did not. We'll see how that goes. I didn't have high hopes of winning. Um, my husband is the football guy. He knows the football stuff, but he doesn't really follow football. He knows all the rules and doesn't really follow them. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So God is on our side. He's not the ref waiting to throw us out of the game. He wants, he's a coach, right? He wants us to do well, I would even maybe go a little further back and say, he's he's like the owner of the team. He founded the team. He used to play on the team. He's super close with the coach, our savior, and he's letting this. He's he's working with the savior to give us plays and help us succeed as much as we can, um, given our own agency. <laughs> to do whatever we want. Right. Um, and God wants to spare the righteous, right. Even if it's just 10 of them, um, he's, he is rooting for us. And I think that that's so powerful because I think sometimes it's easy to look at the state of the world and be like, well, if there was a God, he wouldn't let this happen. He wouldn't let kids get cancer. He wouldn't let kids starve. He wouldn't let horrible things happen to babies. He wouldn't let horrible things happen to my friend who's such a good person. He wouldn't, you know, and we've talked about this before, right? Things happen for three reasons because we made choices And now we're dealing with consequences. Someone else made choices and now we're dealing with consequences. And we live in a fallen world where sometimes life doesn't go the way that we had it in mind. Sometimes there are tsunamis and nuclear meltdowns. Sometimes there's pestilence and disease and plagues. Sometimes we live in a fallen world and this is the state of that. Um, and we're dealing with the consequences of those things. Um, And I genuinely believe that God can, has the power to take all of that and turn it into something beautiful, turn it into something good for us, right? Um, I remember somebody saying one time that like successful people don't look at their mistakes or don't look at like their setbacks as, oh no, this happened to me. They look at it and go, okay, how could this be for me? Um, anyway, and I think that God works the same way. All of it is for us. Um, if we're willing, like I talked before to lay it all in front of him and say, listen, I don't know how this is going to be for me. I don't know how this all works. Um, but I trust you and I want to keep following you. What do I do now? Um, so let's move to, Chapter nineteen, um, verses ten through fourteen. Um, this is <laughs> Abraham was unsuccessful in finding his his um ten people, and Lot is basically informed, hey, listen, Sodom is gonna be destroyed. Um, you need to get out of there. And so he takes his wife he tells his wife, they have children, they also have married children. Because it talks about how he tells all of his children, um, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his son's in-law. So he had multiple daughters that were married to these men, and these men did not take it seriously. They're like, yeah, okay. a uh, Lot has been hitting it a little bit hard, you know what I'm saying, right? Um, and they they didn't listen to him. So then we move to verses 15 through 18, and then the big one in 26. So they leave, right? And part of them leaving, they're commanded not to look back. And of course, we knows what ha- we all know what happens. Lot's wife tur- looks back, she turns into a pillar of salt. And it's funny because it's one of these things where it's like, oh, why like, I remember growing up and reading this story and hearing this story and being like, all she had to do was not look back. Like, that's not that hard. Like, why did she have to look back? Why did she do that? And there's a, a combination of reasons here. And I think that, um, one reason she looked back aside from obviously she's a human is because she had sons in law that did not believe her husband, and they stayed with their wives, her daughters. And I'm likely to believe that these married couples probably had kids. Maybe they were pregnant. And as a mom, she's leaving her children behind, her grandchildren behind, knowing that this place where they live is going to be destroyed. Like, I would struggle not to look back. If they if somebody told me, you have to walk away from your kids, they're going to be killed. Don't look back. Not even for one last look. I would struggle with that. And then that begs the question, well, wait a minute. Why did Heavenly Father tell her not to look back if he knew that she had family there, that it was going to be really hard for her? Um, And I think it's because... This was one of those moments where Heavenly Father is like, I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me. And in or- to show me that you trust me, I need you to look, to not look back, right? This is um, Moses and the staff, right? Look at the snake. Look at the staff of the snake. It's not, I'm not asking you to do something super hard. I'm not asking you, you know to do Herculean feats here. Look at the snake. Don't look back at Sodom. Um, and, and it, her doubts outweighed her faith, which I think like, on the one hand, I don't I don't want to be like, well, that's okay. But also it's, it's okay. Like she, she's a human and she made a mistake and now she's a pillar of salt, which I'm sure, you know, that she ended up in heaven and, uh, or the I don't know, spirit paradise prison area, spirit limbo. And, um, I, I, I'm not going to say if she was in prison or paradise. I don't know. I, I don't make that call, but, and, uh, maybe, maybe she had, she sat down with an angel and they had a little talking. (laughs) They talked about it, but I can understand, like as an adult, I can understand, especially as a mother, I can understand why she looked back. Um, and this all of this happens and then some other like super shady stuff happens at the end of chapter 19 that we're not going to talk about. But all of these events are a result of one choice Lot made at the very beginning of this whole thing where he decided to face towards Sodom and Abraham picked his land, built an altar to the Lord and faced his tent towards that um, because... Lot didn't start in Sodom. He started outside of Sodom, facing it. And I have a feeling they inched a little closer an inch a little closer and inch a little closer until they actually were living inside Sodom, which was a terrible influence on anyone and everyone around them. Um, like their family, right? Everyone around them was a terrible influence on their family, which led to these moments. And so I think it's super important to... Guard our families and pay attention to, and we talked about this last week, the media that we're inviting into our homes, um, the spirit we're inviting into our homes and not to say that there won't be contention because I feel like there will be like, we can't just have love at home all the time. Um, because we're humans and sometimes as humans, (laughs) we don't feel, we don't feel a lot of love because we're tired and we're hungry and we're all the things. Um, and that's okay. But I think if the focus and the goal is to come unto Christ, to get back to our heavenly father, to find that love at home as frequently as we can, I think we'll be okay. Um, okay. Last thing I kind of want to talk about. This is in chapter 22 verses one through 12. Um, this is the, um, Isaac story, right? And something I want to point out is, um, Abraham didn't know, obviously that the angel was going to come and tell him not to sacrifice Isaac. He was a hundred percent committed. Um, and I like to also think about Isaac in this. We, we don't have any scripture that tells us Abraham sat down with Isaac afterwards and explained to him what was going on, explained to him the significance of what he was doing, explained to him that, listen, son, I'm, I'm a prophet. I follow our heavenly father. I'm sure he had that conversation before. Um, and sometimes heavenly father asks us to do really hard things, things that we don't necessarily want to do but he always has a purpose and there's always a really good reason and we need to trust him. And thank you for trusting me. Right. Um, and, and have that conversation with Isaac. I don't know. I don't know what the conversation was like with Isaac. Um, obviously we know Isaac, he turned out okay. (laughs) Um, but Abraham's faith in his heavenly father that this son also, I think it's a little sad with Ishmael. Cause he, like your only son, Isaac Ishmael's like, yeah, cool. Thanks guys. <laughs> but I think it's amazing. Cause I, th- I think at this point, Ab- um Hagar and Ishmael have taken off, but Abraham takes Isaac 100% willing to sacrifice his heir, his son, It kills me a little bit. I can't think about it too much about how old Isaac was. Like, was he 12? Was he old enough to understand what was going on? Was he three where he had no idea what was happening and just fully trusted his dad? Like, I don't know. I have a three-year-old. And so the idea of him being three, like, makes me scared and sick. But at the same time, and I know what happens in the story... But I think it's so powerful, Abraham's faith in his heavenly father, because he knows he has this whole lifetime of knowledge and he knows that without heavenly father, Isaac wouldn't even exist in the first place. And I don't just mean that like heavenly father had to create his spirit and order, you know, and he had to create our spirits and our bodies in order for um, us to be able to consummate marriages and have babies. I'm talking you know, the circumstances under which Isaac was born with very old dad and very old mom, both of whom, well, actually, I don't think men ever get past having baby age, but women definitely do. She definitely was past that. I think it says something about how she was beyond the age of women or something like that. Like they put it like kind of delicately, but in all scientific theory, etc., she should not have been able to have that baby, but she did. And I think that that's a huge part. Um, and I think that there are going to be times, hopefully not physically sacrificing our own children, but there are going to be times when Heavenly Father is going to ask us to do things that feel that big and that Hard And that almost impossible of like, how could I do that? How could I, I could never do that. How could I do that? And I think it's so important to trust our heavenly father. Um, and I think that it's not coincidental that we include Isaac's birth in this study as well as his almost (laughs) death. Right. Um, And the, the topic of course is, is anything too hard for the Lord? And of course the answer is no. And so it really comes down to us trusting our heavenly father and knowing that he knows the long game. He's playing the long game. And sometimes things that are really, really hard for us, things that we're going to struggle with and have to deal with here on this earth are things that we'll, we'll see why at the end of it, right? We'll understand the whole picture at the end. We'll see the long game. Um, and so I just want to leave you with that and I will talk to you next week.